I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our social media outlets. Uh, it is at Rapid Fire Radio and at Cape Gunworks, wherever you find your social media. So uh, we're pretty happy to be out there and providing the world with some what we consider great content and uh, sometimes educational, sometimes funny, sometimes new products, sometimes, you know, salesy type stuff. But on the other hand, uh, we think it's all good stuff. So we think you will like it and enjoy it as much as we do. And you probably will never enjoy it as much as we do creating it. Uh, that gets pretty funny sometimes. But anyway, um, go ahead and uh, like us, subscribe at all of our, so wherever you find your social media, um, at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. Uh, we're on a lot of the big tech platforms as well as the alternative ones uh, that are gaining traction that are also a little bit more freedom oriented and not necessarily, uh, you know, looking to censor us at every turn of the dial. So we're grateful for that, that we can uh, promote good gun content on without fear of being deplatformed. But those platforms are also still very small uh, relative to the big tech. And so, but the only way they're going to survive is if people continue to use them. And so we suggest you go there. But more importantly than just following us is liking videos and subscribing and uh, sharing them as well uh, and commenting on them. If you comment on them, that's all stuff you can do to defeat the algorithm and show all the, all these platforms that this subject is very important to you. But Anyway, um, the number here on the rapid fire line is 508-444-2120. If you want to give us a call, you can be on the show today. You can also follow along on the live chat. And if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, go over to capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and sign up to be alerted whenever we go live. If you don't do that and you get used to when we do broadcast it and you just find it on your own, you're going to miss out on some exciting stuff that we do from time to time outside of the regular, uh, regularly scheduled programs that this show has been uh, known to have. So uh, like yesterday, we live streamed the whole, um, the whole Biden press conference around the uh, 
new actions to reduce gun violence in Monterey Park, California. So this executive order that Joe Biden signed yesterday was uh, important enough for us to, after we were on with Grace Curley, we rolled right into that. So it's like a four and a half hour show or whatever. But the the point is, if you didn't, if you're not signed up, you're not going to know whenever we go live. Um, the other side of the thing is, uh, of that thing is, we're going to outline and start to unpack a little bit about what this did. So Joe Biden um, signed executive order um, that basically um, announced he is expanding background checks. He uh, is expanding public education on safe storage, which if it's education and they're going to throw some money at it, cool, I'm all for it. Um, I think Safe storage is important. It's it's definitely the responsible thing to do. Responsible firearms procurement starts to become a little gray in my in my uh, in my book. And then gun industry accountability. So they want to really throw the book at gun manufacturers who are marketing to children, um, which I find incredibly ironic um, because. They, they want to treat it like cigarettes and alcohol where you can't target to children or market to children. Um, but the bottom line is there are guns that are designed for children to be able to shoot easier than a full-size gun. Um, and there's no law against children shooting with their parents or with a friend or with a instructor. And, and frankly, it's actually a really good discipline. In fact, High schools across America used to have some of the best gun ranges around. They were in, they were built into the high school for the right high school rifle team and pistol team. And, uh, it wasn't that long ago. There's a lot of people who are certainly listening to this show that can remember the, uh, um, remember the, the time when, uh, uh, you know, kids used to bring their rifles to school for, practice they would they would go to school and uh they would go out and after school and they'd have rifle team practice so they would actually bring the gun to school and there's also a whole generation of people that are listening to this radio show they're not that old that remember driving their pickup trucks to school with the gun rack in the back window with their shotgun or their rifle in the back window uh so that they could go hunting after school on the way home from school uh, during deer season or during duck season. And so this wasn't that long ago. So guns in children's hands were has been a tradition in this country for a long time. And to so now say that the, uh, the gun industry is uh, marketing to children in a nefarious way is absolutely ridiculous. It is certainly a um, situation where the... Uh, a parent wanting to take their child hunting or take their child shooting is a very healthy and a very good situation. It's not something that is bad. It's not something that is uh, teaching the child to violence. If In fact, just the opposite is true. It's teaching discipline. It's teaching um, a uh, skill that is very useful for whether it be for hunting or for defensive uh, situations or for uh, just the disciplinary, um, uh, you know, just for the discipline of being able to go out and shoot and and get better and, and apply basic fundamentals and skill, you know, to that. So 
it's um it's all really uh beneficial to the development of your child and done in the right healthy conditions it's a lifelong passion that they could grow up with so to say that people who are making ar15 platforms uh in 22lr fit a child so that they can shoot it easier rather than trying to shoot an adult size gun is somehow malicious or has some uh nefarious intent is ridiculous you know they're not grooming the next uh you know, uh, generation of school shooters or mass shooters as if the media and the politicians are trying to make you believe. They're actually uh, making it um, so that they can participate in a great family tradition and in some cases even a rite of passage. You know, people say nowadays that the rite of passage is being able to drive or be able to vote. Well, before those things came along, it was being able to shoot the family gun, being able to go out on the hunt with your dad or go out and uh, on that deer hunt or, you know, and uphold the family tradition of uh, putting some food on the table. I think that was a much earlier uh, rite of passage, if you will, than uh, driving is nowadays and in a much more uh, traditional rite of passage. So anyway, let me know what you think. Uh, John Colas, the author of the book, Pistol Practice will be conducting a special class Saturday, April 22nd. This is your chance to run through some of the drills in John's book and improve your pistol accuracy, but more importantly, make shooting fun. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the training to book the class on April 22nd. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. The phone number here, if you want to be on the show, is 508-444-2120. Whenever we're running live, uh, you can give us a call or you can leave us a message. Uh, This week's poll question is, do you attend gun shows? And the answers that you can vote in is, I try not to miss one, no and never will. Not yet, but I plan to, and only if they change it up. So maybe you've been in the past, but you got tired of the same old, same old, and you're hoping for a reset uh, or something a little more interesting. So anyway, uh, that's the poll question. You can go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and vote in the poll, or go to our Twitter page, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you can 
go ahead and vote in this week's poll. So, uh, and I appreciate everyone who does. This week's discount code for the website at capegunworks.com is Nighthawk. And you'll see why later. But Nighthawk is the discount code. So go ahead and put that in and you can... uh, and you can get a very special discount off your entire order at capegunworks.com. All right, uh, just to complete that thought before the break, uh, and G-Webs actually uh, kind of adds a- along the lines, is though he says those who would disregard tradition can also not in- ignore the fact that the tradition resulted in children educated on firearms are safer and less prone to accidents than kids restricted from knowledge. And I, I would agree with that. And I was talking about, uh, before the break, the times in schools when guns were present in people's lockers or in their gun racks or for shooting team or for hunting. We had um, spaceman Bill Lee on the show at one point, the former Red Sox pitcher. And uh, he was talking about growing up in California. And his mother used to give him a bag of shotgun shells when he was 12 years old. And he'd take it with his shotgun to school and he would hide it in a tree while he went into school so he could hunt all the way home. And his mom would say, go catch dinner and uh, go get dinner. So he would shoot birds on the way home and get dinner as quail and pheasant and chucker and partridge and everything else. And so um, what G-Webb said here about tradition and making kids safer is entirely true. And I, I remember being in elementary school and having a police officer come into the school to talk about gun safety. And this was real gun safety. It wasn't, um, you know, guns bad. If you own guns, you're bad. And let us know if your parents have a gun in the house, blah, blah, blah. It was assumed that you had a gun in the house. And they said, all right, so what do you do if you see a gun? And we all tell an adult. And I was kind of bummed out because, you know, I didn't have guns in the house. And my parents didn't have guns. So uh, we, you know, I felt left out of the conversation. Like, this is never going to uh apply to me uh but the the point remains that you know they they taught gun safety in school which is an educational facility that should have never removed gun safety and i'm talking about real gun safety not the new co-opted term by the gun banners when they whenever they say oh gun safety they mean gun control and gun confiscation and gun you know uh disarmament but what we mean is actual safety and kids are sponges man this that's the best time to to teach them and the best time to educate them and and get them interested in guns and make sure they have a healthy respect for them and and understand what they're used for and what they are and and that they're a tool so anyway um i think it would be real important to see that come back and i would be up for doing that, I would actually be willing to do that free of charge to any school district that would have me. I would come in and teach a gun class or a uh, a class to school students free of charge. Be happy to do it, and uh, I think maybe that's something you know we could see in the private sector, uh, maybe at private schools. Uh, I actually gave a a talk last week about entrepreneurship to a private school um, that was interested. I own two businesses, but they were interested in the gun business. They weren't interested in the construction business. So I found that interesting. They they wanted to know about 
how did we get started? How did the dream come alive? How did the, um, you know, the whole project unfold? How did the business come together? What were your marketing strategies? What was your business plan along the way? Do you have a partner? And what was the financial hurdles you had to go through? It was actually a pretty interesting uh, meet and greet, if you will, or speech I gave to these middle schoolers in junior high. Um, it was it was pretty cool, the questions they were asking. So I was given a glimmer of hope that they weren't just automatically dismissing me saying, oh, this has no place in the educational institution. But no, they actually invited me to the school knowing full well that I'm a gun store owner and wanted to hear all about that. So that was cool. Um, but anyway, let me know what you guys think. Uh, 508-444-2120. And this week's wi- winner of the Cape Gunworks uh, AR-15 handguard in the OD green finish is Cheryl V. So look for an email from us, Cheryl. This is an awesome handguard. You're going to love it. And uh, if you don't have an AR-15 yet, we can help you complete one, or you could take it to the AR-15 build class that's going to come up in April, I believe. We have one coming up in April, so you could use it there and build your own AR-15. That'd be kind of cool. But... um, Anyway, this week's giveaway is this Strike Industries Picatinny Rail Air Tag Holder. So for those of you that are real tech savvy and you lose things uh, and you rely on these air tags, kind of an interesting concept if you think about it. Uh, putting one on your gun, maybe your primary uh, weapon like your you know, AR-15 or whatever your gun of choices but anything with a pick rail it could work on a pistol it could work on a rifle could work on a hunting rifle for crying out loud anything with some picatinny rail on it you can mount this strike industries uh air tag uh holder and if your gun was stolen i guess you could easily go get it they if they didn't recognize what this was you could um you could find it. You could lead law enforcement to it. Or if you misplace it, hopefully you don't misplace firearms. Uh, but if you don't remember if you left it in the safe at home or you have it in the safe uh, in the basement or the bedroom or whatever, you can find it easier. Uh, but interesting concept. So Strike Industries air tag holder for a pick rail attachment. Um, you could win if you go to our website, rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and enter the win the contest, and we'll draw a winner next week. So um, uh, let me know what you think, too. Sound off in the comments about an air tag holder on a firearm. It's it's kind of a cool, cool thing if you think about it. Um, but I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. So, all right, let's get back to what the White House, uh, you know, what happened yesterday in Monterey, California, and if you're listening to this on the weekend, it was last Wednesday, uh, last Tuesday, excuse me, um, when Joe Biden was in Monterey, California, and basically stood in the town and the city where uh, the mass shootings in Moon Bay happened uh, for the Chinese New Year. And at first, there was a rush to judgment about you know, anti-Asian violence, et cetera, and, and racism and all that. And then it was found out to be that the shooter was from that very community, which was uh, really strange that he, you know, wanted to take out his frustration on his own people, which uh, shows that people who do this aren't in a good state of mind. They're not in their right mind. They're either evil or they're 
crazy or both. I don't know which it was in this case, but the one thing that I found as a good takeaway from the from the entire um, gun control or executive order session there in Monterey, California, was the um, the fact that he highlighted the guy Brandon. And that trips with irony too, the let's go Brandon thing. But Brandon, who honestly is a hero for confronting the shooter and disarming him, he pulled the weapon away from him. He even had the discipline to not turn it on the guy and shoot him, which I found amazing. Because after he disarmed him, the guy kept coming at him trying to get his gun back. If you watched the video, you you would see what I mean. But um, it was pretty interesting how he just kind of held it at arm's length and kind of used his other arm to push the guy back and say no no like stop stop and it almost like the guy did kind of calm down and be like what what did i just do and uh it was a very interesting moment but i think that that guy should be heralded as a hero uh for jumping into action putting himself second in light of everything else that uh you know, happened that day. Uh, he he put himself in harm's way. He's a true hero. And uh, but if the guy who's touting this gun control executive action had his way, um, everybody who would have to confront a violent shooter would be disarmed, and no one would. You know, we wouldn't have the Elijah Dickens of the world who confronted the guy in the mall shooting and. Uh, this past summer, we wouldn't have the Jack Wilsons of the world, the guy who defeated that guy who showed up in the church and started shooting. We wouldn't have those type of heroes, uh, you know, who show up every day armed and willing and able to use those to defend innocent life from attacks by evil or insane people. So um, that's one thing you need to think about whenever a politician is willing to take away your God-given right to keep and bear arms, your God-given right to self-defense, is that if they had their way, you would be an easy target for these crazy evil people. So let's not give them... Uh, the platform and the, and the time of day when it comes to having a discussion about taking away our rights. If you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, well, unfortunately, we still have to take a class in this state. The state loves to violate your rights, but we at Cape Gunworks have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes. So sign up at capegunworks.com. And uh, more right after this. I'm Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from Heavy Shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control FlexWad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Tell us what you think 
by calling or texting the Rapid Fire line. It's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Remember, we're moving our podcast to our, our show to podcast only. Probably. <laughs> we'll always be on one station, but for the most part, you'll find us online at rapidfireradio.us. And you can go wherever you find your podcast and find us as well. But um, we'd love you to follow us onto the interwebs and stay tuned and get signed up to receive an email alert whenever we go live. So, And don't forget this week's discount code for capegunworks.com is Nighthawk. All right, let's unpack this executive order by uh, the Biden administration. So his big, big swing and miss, if you ask me, was... He wants to increase the number of background checks by ensuring that all background checks required by law are conducted before firearms purchases, moving the U.S. as close to universal background checks as possible without additional legislation. That's a mouthful. But what he's saying is he wants to make sure that all background checks required by law are conducted. Okay. Um, isn't that already happening? Like, is that, that's what's going on in the world right now is when a gun is sold by a gun dealer, either at a gun show or in their shop, guess what happens? A background check. There's only like two states that don't have to do that because their permitting process is more stringent than the Brady law requires. So they don't have to do background checks for each and every firearms purchase. Which, by the way, Massachusetts would qualify for that if Massachusetts didn't opt out. So because our license to carry requirement is so much more stringent than the federal government's, we actually technically are not required to do background checks, but the state made it a law to do background checks. So therefore, we do them. But the point is, um, all he's this is a total word salad because he's saying... We want to ensure that all background checks required by law are conducted before firearms purchases. That's what's going on right now. If it's not required by law to do a background check, they don't do one. But if it is, they do. And so I don't understand how this executive order gets us any closer to universal background checks without additional legislation. He can't just, with a stroke of his pen, say, thus saith Joe Biden you shall have universal background checks. That's not a thing. Like, you need the legislature to write that kind of law. So I'm waiting to see anybody be able to say, what does this mean to us as gun buyers, as gun sellers? Um, you you want to get us as close to universal background checks as possible without additional legislation. Um, I don't understand how it's any different than what we already have. And maybe he's just saying we're going to, uh, use additional resources to guarantee that there isn't rogue gun dealers out there selling guns without background checks. But that's already on the books. You can already go after them. And that just takes a ATF audit to determine. It, they could figure that out in five minutes of coming to a gun store and saying, show me the books. Oh, I see you got... 200 guns from distributors or manufacturers last month and you've done 100 background checks 
So therefore, you have 100 guns in inventory, right? Oh, no, you have zero guns in inventory? Oh, uh, turn around, put your hands behind your back. You have the right to remain silent. Like, that's how that would go, right? But no, like, we're going to do this whole word salad and have a big dog and pony show in Monterey, California and gin everybody up into this emotional hysteria and try to stand on the bodies of... Uh, those who were slain in a horrific act of violence, even though it was done in one of the most uh, gun-controlled states in the country where the people who might have been able to stop this event were probably prohibited from owning firearms because of the intense regulation involved in owning firearms and being able to get uh license to carry. And in some uh, cities in California... It was a corrupt system to begin with. You had to bribe or pay off the sheriff's department in order to get moved to the top of the stack. Your your application might sit there until it grew mold. But if you bought them tickets to the San Jose Sharks or you bought them iPads, if you were, you know, the local Apple uh manufacturer and you wanted your security team to get concealed weapons permits, you could donate a bunch of iPads to the sheriff's department and sheriff's office, and all of a sudden, guess what got approved? Your license to carry applications. Yeah, that's a thing. That sheriff was removed from office and charged with uh, bribery and uh, corruption for that very thing. This is I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but it's not, I'm not. It's actually what happened. And so... Um, I don't understand how, with the stroke of a pen now, all of a sudden we're any closer to universal background checks. But I'd love to know from you what you think or have you heard something that uh, that shows how we're closer. Um, the, the number here is 508-444-2120. Uh, they also want to increase uh, or improve public awareness and increase appropriate use of extreme risk protection orders, uh, the red flag orders. So, uh, you know... Last year, there was a whole bunch of money appropriated with the whole Gun Control Safety Improvement Act, uh, Gun Safety Improvement Act, whatever the heck it was called. But they appropriated a bunch of money to bribe states, kind of like in the in the vein of the seatbelt laws, like you could reduce, uh, you know, your insurance rates, or you could. Uh, get more federal funding as long as you implemented a a seatbelt law. Well, they're doing the same thing federally to mandate states do it because they can't tell states to do it. So they're dangling the carrot of money to these states saying, if you enact a red flag law or extreme risk protection order, um, then you'll get all this money from the federal government. And so now, you know, there's some states who may or may not have implemented it. So they're trying to gin up interest again for this thing that they've uh, enacted, and they're trying to use additional resources to uh, increase public awareness of it. But that's an, a red herring, because really what they're trying to say is they're trying to increase the enforcement of it or you know, educate the public on how they can use these, whether you're a family member, a relative, a neighbor, a uh, police or a public official, maybe you're a non-law um, enforcement government official, uh, school teachers, doctors, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have a sneaky suspicion that you think somebody is a threat to themselves or others, 
Now, all of a sudden, you can go down and get the extreme risk protection order, and they can confiscate uh, people's guns without due process. So that's really what they're after. Um, they also want to ta- address loss of firearms uh, during shipping, provide the public and policymakers with more information regarding federally uh, licensed firearms dealers who are violating the law. So every time you get an audit, and this is what the Zero Tolerance Task Force by the Biden administration has enacted, uh, they are coming into gun stores and they're coming in with their zero tolerance policy. So basically, this was sold to the public as, you know, we want to shut down rogue dealers who are illegally selling guns to the public. That all sounds good on the on the surface. Hey, if I know of a dealer who is selling guns out the back door to the local biker gang or to the local gangbangers down the street, yep, I'm in favor of shutting them down, right? Um, if they're going to put guns into distribution that are going to harm, could potentially harm the public, uh, they're selling to bad actors, then I'm all for shutting them down. The point of the matter is that's not what's going on because they can't point to that. They still have to save face. So now all of a sudden the local gun dealer gets his audit by the ATF with their zero tolerance policy and they notice that uh, one of the 30 employees that worked at that gun store uh, did a background check. The guy got a proceed and sold him the gun. But you know what? Dang it. He forgot to sign the form. And that is a violation. It's a willful violation, a willing and negligent violation. And that's what they want to do. They want to say that is now a way to shut down that federally licensed firearm dealer who is violating the law. So they're getting them on jot and tittle. They're getting them on admin policies. And there's a 500% increase since Joe Biden announced the zero tolerance task force for FFL revocation hearings, 500% increase in FFL revocation hearings since that. And they are out there in the news saying, look at what we're doing. We're shutting down rogue dealers that are violating the law. But meanwhile, guns aren't going missing. Prohibited people aren't getting guns. It's not like straw purchasers or, you know, people are just looking the other way. We're talking minor admin violations. And if the ATF was held to the same standard, they would be out of business years ago. Years ago. And GWEBS points that out, that maybe the executive branch could use these ID tags because between 2014 and 2018, the ATF reported losing a total of 624 firearms, while the FBI reported losing a total of 276 firearms. That's just two governmental agencies, almost a thousand guns missing. And so they're not held to the same standard that they enforce upon gun dealers. And I tell you one thing, these gun dealers aren't losing guns. They're forgetting to cross a T and dot an I. So that's really what it comes down to. But by the way, guys, you can always take a private lesson and get one-on-one instruction tailored to you. We have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun. Or test out different guns that you want to buy. You can do a try before you buy. You can tailor tailor make this private lesson to whatever you need and become a responsible gun owner by getting the training you need. Go right now to capegunworks.com forward slash privates and sign up today with one of our great instructors. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan 
Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And it's time now for the Gun of the Week segment. This has turned into an extremely popular segment where you get to see all kinds of cool guns and, uh, you know, get a little bit of education as I do a quick five-minute review of each gun. And this week, the Gun of the Week is not for the uh, faint of heart. It is a uh, Nighthawk Custom Warhawk oh, in my. 9mm, and it's in a beautiful burnt bronze Cerakote finish. And the coolest thing about this is, like, this segment of the uh, Rapid Fire Radio is not only to just, you know, bring up cool guns, but it's also to give a tiny bit of educational uh awareness to the manufacturer or to this particular gun maybe there's something unique or cool about it but nighthawk customs is a uh, company that builds the highest end firearms out there they're 1911 manufacturers they also just acquired cooper rifles which makes high-end bolt action rifles super super accurate and just gorgeous handmade guns um, so they've acquired them. They also import Korth revolvers, and they import uh, the Cor- Cosme shotguns. So the Cosme shotgun is a beautiful Italian shotgun company. Uh, but anyway, this Warhawk Custom, what it's if you're not watching online or checking it out on our website, you're not going to be able to appreciate it because it has these beautiful woolly mammoth tusk grips on it. And uh, that is so cool um, because the woolly mammoth tusk is 4,000 years old, right? (laughs) This goes back to the Ice Age, if you will. And uh, these grips are just works of art, but they're natural. And you can literally own a piece of history if you buy a set of these grips because it points back to a time when the earth was in much different shape than it is now. Um, And it's actually a passion of mine, uh, kind of a side hobby uh, is the age of the earth and all, you know, a lot of the scientific artifacts that and fossils and stuff like that. But so this is a genuine fossil that's on this firearm. And these, you can buy these separate from the gun or, you, you know, we have other ones in stock, but I put them on this gun because they complement the burnt bronze finish so well. And what's really unique about Nighthawk firearms is they're lifetime warranty, no matter who owns the gun. It's not just for the original purchaser. It's a lifetime uh, warranty. And, uh, the, the other thing is, um, 
they are one gunsmith, one gun. So uh, they, they're just beautiful, um, beautiful guns, and there's nothing like them. So uh, I got them in my hand. I got it in my hand right now. This is the Warhawk. It's a government model and uh, in the burnt bronze finish. And just a gorgeous gun. It's got a checkered front strap, a checkered mainspring housing, a flared magwell. It's um, got the front and rear caulking serrations. It's in 9mm, so it's a 10-round mag. And uh, it's got the Heine ledge sights on it, so it has a real nice hooked rear sight. You could always rack it off the bench or your belt or your holster or whatever. And people often say when they see these guns, because they're so expensive, they go, man, I'd be afraid to shoot it. And I say, no, this is the gun you drive, you ride it hard and put it away wet. You take good care of it, but it's meant to be shot. It's meant to be, um, you know, shot a lot. And uh, the beauty of it is when you shoot these, you realize how much of a pleasure it is to shoot them. They are so much fun. They're beautifully designed, beautiful guns, and they pay homage to John Moses Browning, original 1911 design, but they have taken it to the next level. And uh, this one is just absolutely gorgeous. So we made it the rapid fire gun of the week. But here's the catch. If you really want this gun, you can go over to rapidfireradio.us and click on gun of the week. And you can buy it with these grips. And I'm going to throw in a free Cape Cod cutlery knife that has woolly mammoth molar grips on it. So it really completes the set. You get the knife with the woolly mammoth grips and the gun with the woolly mammoth grip on it as well. So anyway, check it out at rapidfireradio.us and use code GOW at checkout to get the free knife with the gun. So... We'll be back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Welcome to Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the Internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal at the Personal Defense Network is simple, provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Each and every week here at Rapid Fire Radio. Tell us what you think. Give us a call or text, 508-444-2120. And this week's winner of the giveaway is Cheryl V. So make sure you look for an email. Cheryl, you won the Cape Gunworks AR-15 handguard, and maybe you could put that to good use in our upcoming build class. But for those of you who are looking to win, you're looking to be a winner. Go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, enter to win. This week's giveaway is the Strike Industries AirTag holder for your Picatinny rail of choice. You can go on whatever weapon or gun you want uh, or accessory that has pick rail. Um, So there's that. Um, But, yeah, check it out. And like I talked about in the last segment, here's a little picture of the uh, Cape Cod Cutlery um, knife with the woolly mammoth 
molar grips on them. So you get the knife with the 4,000-year-old grips, and you get the gun with the 4,000-year-old grips. So kind of a cool set. But you get this knife free. It's a $579 knife, and it's beautifully made by Cape Cod Cutlery, and it has a real smoothed-out ceramic finish on it. They use a higher level of polish on it than they normally do on their knives just to complement the grip set that's on it. So super cool, awesome uh, piece of you could truly own a piece of history how about that <laughs> with that gun and knife so anyway let's get to the text line um, and the chat line here I want to answer your questions I appreciate you guys being patient um, Serenity's wondering if anyone has any information on GOA's lawsuit against Massachusetts for the assault weapons ban I think this question came up a few weeks ago and I wasn't I couldn't find any anything about any assault weapons ban from GOA um, but I know FPC has a ban, I mean, a challenge to the Attorney General's regulations and the approved weapons roster, and that gets its day in court. Oral arguments set to be heard on April 4th. Uh, That is the Granada v. Campbell. It used to be Granada v. Healy, but now it's Campbell. Um, So that should get its day in court on April 4th, um, providing there's no other delays. So... Anyway, looking forward to that because that would be huge. If we could just get whatever handguns we want in this state and didn't need to ask permission, you know, uh, mother, may I have this latest model gun by a responsible gun gun company that is selling it to the other 49 states in the union or 48 because California has a roster too. But um, it's going to be interesting to see in court how they can explain through text history and tradition as advised in 1791, uh, how the approved weapons roster and attorney general's regulations holds up to constitutional scrutiny. Um, I think they're going to have a very hard time with that. It'll be reminiscent of when they shut us down during the COVID pandemic and uh, they had to explain to a federal judge for two hours about, uh, you know, Justice Woodlock was asking them, so just tell me again, uh, you you left liquor stores open, but you shut down gun stores. And how is that constitutional again? And they had two hours to explain that. And then they asked our lawyers for, you know, who answered for like seven to nine minutes, and that was all. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so when these get their day in court, I think with the new... Uh, you know, victory in or the new mandate coming from the Supreme Court, basically saying that all future gun control and existing gun control must be filtered through the lens of text as advised by history and tradition. Um, then I think, you know, a lot of this nonsense goes away, thankfully. And as a result, the Senate is having a judiciary hearing today about what they can do in a post Bruin world. Uh, so they're like, man, we lost big time in June. And it looks like this house of cards of restricting people's enumerated constitutional rights is going to come down and it's going to come down hard. Um, but so what are we going to do about this going forward? And they're having all these experts weigh in and talk and all that. I'll have to go down and um, look at it later. Um, but, you know, it's interesting just to hear them drip with irony of how 
they're lamenting the fact. And of course, they always bring up how so and so shot so and so, and therefore we need gun control. But they never use that for any other standard of regulation. They never say, um, hey, uh, you know, drunk driver killed a family on the roadways this morning at 5 a.m. And uh, as tragic as it is, uh, so now everybody buying a car is going to have to have a mandatory 10-day waiting period. They're going to have to be subject to a background check for every car they ever buy. They're going to have to uh, take a test every, uh, you know, in order to get it. And they're going to have to be go to a government-mandated class every time you buy a car. Uh, and they're going to say whether or not, you know, what you can and can't buy based on an approved roster of cars that are approved and deemed safe by our attorney general and by an independent testing lab to be sold in your state. And if your car's not on the list, you can't buy it. And uh, this is all going to make us safer. And by the way, we're trying to eliminate illegal drag racing on the streets. So all new Toyota Camrys are going to have a governor set for 50 miles an hour. That's basically what they're doing with gun control. And it's like the people buying the Toyota Camrys aren't engaged in the illegal activity, right? And so why are you putting a governor on my car? Uh, Because you're trying to eliminate people getting killed on the roadways by illegal uh, drag racing. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Uh, So you're affecting an entire population of people with regulation and legislation and enforcement of said regulation and, and legislation that will do zero to have real-world effect on making us actually safer, but it will make it harder for me to engage in free commerce and interstate commerce and free exercise of my right to keep and bear arms. I can give you one thing and one thing only that will make an extreme difference in violent crime on our streets in America. And it's so simple. It's just brilliant, if you ask me. And that is lock up the people responsible for crime for a long time. Don't let them out on good behavior or personal recognizance. Don't let them out on bail or bond, if they've done, you know, heinous acts of violence, have high bail, high bond, and make sure that they show up on their day at court. If they don't, immediately arrest them, hunt them down, hire bail bondsmen to hunt them down and rearrest them, and then take away all personal bail and leave them in jail until their sentence is over and charge them to the fullest extent of the law. It's very simple. It's not a very difficult... uh, You don't have to uh, enact laws that affect 300 million people. You only have to enact laws and enforce laws that affect the small criminal element of society. Very simple. I know you don't have an argument anymore for gun control if you fix the problem. So you can continue to not fix the problem and blame the people not responsible if you want to continue the narrative so that you can disarm us eventually. That's really what... Uh, it comes down to, and that's the, that's the, that's what they're after. So, anyway, um, Serenity says maybe instead of grabbing guns, they should think about getting our country running better. That'd be a good one. 
And G Webs is going to go back and watch Amy Swear's testimony. Um, I, I'm probably going to watch it all. I, I I think I probably should, but um, anyway, um, Michigan has 11 gun control laws going in this week. Uh, universal background checks, safe storage, red flags, and others. Maggie points out. Uh, and HPS received this package of goodies today. Cool and thank you. Glad to hear it. Um, we watched Biden. Uh, my impression was it was a softball toss to his shrinking base. Who wants that? Yeah, and if you read the reaction to it, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, this is really good. Like, um, you know, like every town and uh, a lot of the other uh, gun control groups, uh, Moms Demand Action, and um, they all are applauding his brave and, you know, other people have talked a good game, but he's actually doing it. But again, I don't see a single thing here that's doing anything uh, other than talking about it. Maybe, And they say, help, help catch shooters by accelerating federal law enforcement's reporting of ballistic data. That sounds very reactive to me. Um, yeah, it might solve some crime and solve some... Uh, it might figure out what gun they used, what kind of gun they used, but... Um, it's certainly not preventative. Preventive. It's not going to uh, prevent crime in any way, shape, or form, but uh, they think it will. Uh, they're going to provide the public and policymakers with more information regarding, oh, we already read that, about federal license dealers. Uh, the one with that really stuck out to me is use the Department of Defense's acquisition of firearms to further firearm and public safety practices. So they want to compare a governmental agency's restrictive process for acquiring firearms to the civilian population that has a, an enumerated right to keep and bear arms that shall not be infringed, is what I see from that. But, um, and it also helps keep the rap, rapid fear-based media fueled and their viewers distracted. I would agree with that. Um, mass storage laws are weird. I toss my unloaded gun in my gym bag, head to my local club. Gun does not need to be locked as I travel the public ways. But once I come home onto my property inside my own house, gun must get locked up. Uh, well, in either case, I don't know what state you're in, ASD, but if you're in Massachusetts and the gun is not in your direct control, then it must be locked up. So it, whether it's in the car, the gym bag, the locker, the you know home, it has to be locked up so that it, it is uh, not accessible by unauthorized people. So that's something to think about. But uh, could I comment on the recommended distance to sight in pistol, shotgun, pistol caliber, carbine, MSR, and how do they do this at Cape Gunworks for PCC and MSR? Um most pistols are at the most likely distance you're going to use it. So unless you're using it at a specific distance for like a league type shooting or competition, if it's a defensive gun, I would say whatever distance you're most likely to need your gun. And statistics show that is between 9 and 21 feet. So I usually go right around 15 feet as an average is where I want my gun zeroed. I want it shooting pretty good right at 15 feet. So five yards, you know, maybe seven at the most. So... That's the way I, I do it. But other people would do it at a different distance, but that's what I stick with. So uh, hopefully that helps. I don't have time to get into the pistol caliber carbine and the MSRs, but 
Uh, maybe on the next show we can do that. So this is the end of the first segment. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another whole hour. So tune in at Rapid Fire Radio. US or call or text the Rapid Fire line. You can go to rapidfireradio.us and ask questions and check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history, so stay tuned. We'll see you on the next hour with Jay from Pew Science. This should be fascinating, so stay tuned. I'm Toby Leary, and we'll be right back. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. But the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Wisions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel 
but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load, but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week to rapidfireradio.us and type in your email address and you can be alerted whenever we go live. You can also participate in the conversation via text or phone. The number is 508-444-2120. And you can like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms, our handle, is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire. I shouldn't say our social media platforms. I would say all the platforms you get social media on with our handle at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. But um, we're broadcast live each and every week on a whole host of uh, you know alternative social media platforms as well as the big tech ones while we can when <laughs> until we can't. So uh, wherever you get your social media, look up. Cape Gunworks or Rapid Fire Radio. But I'm really pleased to have with us in the second hour here, uh, Jay, for, who's the owner and technical director of Pew Science. And uh, we found him as someone who was nominated on the Gundy Award. So, uh, Jay, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Um, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. And uh, this should be a really interesting conversation today because... We live in a banned state, Massachusetts, where we don't get to have <gasps> where we don't get to have any fun stuff. You know, they try to keep us shooting muskets and uh, and <laughs> and spitballs, and uh, even that would probably be a little too much for some politicians in our area. But hmm. the point is, um, you have done a lot of great research, and I want you to go ahead and tell everyone about what you do and you know, what it is you do for a living and, and uh, what you do in the Second Amendment community space. So uh, go ahead. The floor is yours. And uh, just let us know what got you into guns and all things Second Amendment. Yeah, sure. No, um, I'd be happy to. So, um, yeah, uh, my name is Jay. Uh, I'm a uh, licensed and practicing professional engineer. I've uh, been practicing for 17 years now. Um, got my start in the target defeat and weapons effects. Uh, community for the Department of Defense um, up in the Northeast, not too far away from you. Um, you know, wor worked in the Intel community for a while, uh, doing that stuff for Uncle Sam. And then for the past 15 years or so, I have been um, in the private sector um, doing anti-terrorism force protection design, uh, litigation support, um, weapons effects testing, and protective design. Uh, but my principal area of practice and research is to protect uh, people from hazardous events and energetic events and weapon effects. So in 2019, 
um, I founded a company called Pew Science. Uh, it's a play on, it's, it's kind of a backronym. It's a professionally engineered weaponeering. So I took my background in the weaponeering community and uh, my love of suppressed small arms, um, of which I've been a fan for quite some time. I kind of melded those together. Um, and I saw that there was a need in the silencer industry for um, independent, accurate, and meaningful test data and analysis to characterize the performance of suppressed small arms. And um, specifically, I found that the existing um, test data and analysis for silencers and their performance was really not widespread. Uh, Any test data that was available was spurious, and it it really wasn't of much use. So what I did was I created um, a standard called the Silencer Sound Standard, it is a strict uh, implementation of MIL standard 1474 ECHO. So it takes the MIL standard testing procedure, performs it explicitly, and then I analyze the waveforms that I gather at the weapon muzzle and the shooter's ear, and I, create, I created a, um, a hearing damage risk metric called the suppression rating that analyzes the entire gunshot from before combustion takes place all the way until all the combustion is gone and blow down from the system. And we take that holistic waveform, we analyze it, we assign it a number from zero to a hundred, zero being the loudest, a hundred being the quietest. And at pewscience.com, my website, you can view the suppression rating there. It ranks every single silencer and host weapon on the same scale. So folks can say, Oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to hunt with this, Bolt action center fire rifle with a silencer. I can shoot X amount of shots per day without hearing protection and be okay. And then on that same scale, they can say, oh gosh, I have an AR-15 with a, a silencer on that. If I want to shoot it without hearing protection, here's how the dose limit would decrease. Here's how the hearing damage risk would increase. And all the data is for you. That's pretty cool. That. But Jay, I'm extremely confused because <laughs> I live in a band state, so we don't have the luxury of having suppressors. And no, I've yeah. watched movies my whole life, and I see that they are—they make just this tiny little sound, like pew, pew, pew. Oh yeah. And you know they're shooting them out of bolt-action sniper rifles from two mm. buildings away, and it's going pew, sounds like a mouse fart. Are you telling me that that's not true? I've been lied to by Hollywood. Um. Yeah, uh, yes and no. Uh, it's it's not it's not that you've been lied to. It's that you might have been misled, and that's okay. That's why I'm here. Um, uh, there's a spectrum of sound signature, mm-hmm. okay, and that spectrum of suppressed small arm signature sound signature runs the gamut. It runs everything from suppressed subsonic twenty two bolt action, quieter than a mouse fart, as they say. <laughs> all the way to suppressed 50 BMG, which may or may not be quiet depending on the system that you're using and everything in between. Mm. So it's a really big spectrum. And that's, that's one of the reasons we have the suppression rating from Pew science to characterize that. Mm. That's pretty yeah. cool. I got to say, you know, I, I say all that tongue in cheek, by the way, because as a licensed manufacturer in the state of Massachusetts, I, yeah. I do have the luxury of playing around with suppressors and, we have a ton of them here at Cape Gunworks, and I don't cool. know if you can see behind me, but I have a few suppressed weapons behind me on the I rack. I do. I yeah. see that. I see 
Huh, is that like an Omega or a Harvester? I see like an anchor break on the end of something. Uh. This this one here is the uh, AAC, the good old-fashioned AAC. Jeez, uh, um, I can't even remember the name of it now. But well, one of it the- must be the resolution. I can't see. There's, some, there's something near the end cap. I see some kind of mark. I, I couldn't tell what it was. It, it's um, the AAC M4. That's what it is. It's oh, the M4 2000. Yeah, yeah, M4 2000. Thank you. Oh, it's yeah, their it's full auto-rated can. Old school 556 Old can. school, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then cool. next to it, I got the Q Honey Badger um, okay. in the, you know, 300 Blackout. Oh, yeah, and, the, the SD, the Honey Badger yeah, the SD. SD. I see yep. that right there. Very good. And then okay. I have over there, I got the Caltech um, CR, CR, what is it, the CR32 uh, okay. with a uh, with a Surefire 22R, oh. I believe it is, or 22A can on it oh that's the old yeah yep, yeah yeah yep. you have some really old school silencers yes i do because my business partner's like quit buying suppressors we can't even sell them <laughs> in the state so <laughs> i haven't bought a new one lately and uh so that's i'm still cool. living five or six years ago and then that 308 in the off probably off camera but is yeah. um has the gem tech uh quick mount you know 762 can on okay. it that, that's a bigger honking heavy i call that you have a lot of experience kind of comparing the different cartridges then don't you yeah yeah and so um one of the things that really struck me at first uh shooting suppressed was a it's definitely not necessarily hearing safe uh uh, right out of the gate you know um and b it's kind of like newton's law of for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction so like i shot a suppressed AR-15 in an all-day uh, uh, carbine class and yeah. literally was sick for the next two days as I spit up black sputum because <laughs> of the gas coming back in my face oh, for an entire yeah. day. And so I was like, what the heck? And I even had the Gemtech bolt carrier group, which had the you know little suppressor switch on it. So if you're shooting suppressed, it, it minimized the amount of gas coming back, but it still absolutely killed me um and i was i felt like that night i had a sinus infection and i was spitting black out of my you know it was unbelievable just from the gas blowback from that and uh that's not good man. no it's definitely not good so um anyway uh, i learned my lesson though that you know it's okay in moderation just don't run an eight-hour class with a suppressed gun without you know something some sort of respirator on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a big deal. That's actually a, a significant problem that a lot of operators are coming back with cancer uh, mm. because of that. That's actually a very big push um, on on some of the, the military side to to alleviate those those phenomena that you experience. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And we can go into that if you want. It's whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to mon- monopolize the conversation. No, no, it's it's kind of cool. Actually, I was noticing a shift in the suppressor community that is trying to minimize that and like uh one of my guns here the yeah this one right here is the larue predator with the their proprietary muzzle brake on it and i want to get their tranquilo can for it Mm -hmm. because it's designed to drive this gas out the front of the suppressor instead of back at the shooter i don't know if you have any experience of if it works or not but uh or, you know, moderates it or not, or, or, you know, reduces it at the very least. Well, there, there's a couple, there, there's a lot 
to go into. Let me let me first let me summarize the mechanics for folks listening, and just so we Please, yeah. all get on the same page with, for the with the vernacular. Okay, so you know the first thing you you you, you spoke about when you were running that uh, carbine course all day, like eight hour carbine course with a suppressed AR fifteen. So you're shooting a five five six weapon. And um, you, um, it was suppressed. So, so, so it's very important to understand. Well, gosh, how, how, how does the how does a how does a gun barrel work without a silencer? Well, without a silencer, when you shoot the gun, um, you know it takes a little while for the for the bullet to leave the barrel. Okay, once that bullet leaves the barrel, you start what we call blowdown. Okay, so we call that the uncorking event. Once the bullet passes the muzzle and it and it kind of uncorks, that's uncorking. Then you get the pressure history at the muzzle decays kind of like a ski slope. If you were to, if you were to plot pressure versus time, it would go, there'd be a little plateau and then boom, it would kind of, kind of decay. Right. Well, what happens when you put a silencer on a gun barrel? Well, now you, you're not changing the muzzle pressure at the end of the gun barrel. That's just a function of the cartridge, but what are you changing? Well, you're changing the time component. Mm. You're changing the duration of the gunshot. What have you done? You've, 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 restricted the system okay well how does an ar how how does an ar work well an ar you're assuming you're it doesn't matter if it's a piston gun or direct impingement gun that bullet passes the gas port and until that bullet leaves that leaves that muzzle there's gas dumping into that gas tube sending back to your carrier to unlock the bolt so you can so you can move backward and chamber your round well if you put a silencer on there not only are, are you are you restricting the blowdown out of the barrel, you've now increased your dwell time. You're unlocking your system more quickly. And guess what? If your bolt carrier group unlocks too early before chamber blowdown has gotten below a certain point, well, what have you done? Well, you've you, you've exposed high pressure gas to atmosphere. Mm. What happens when you do that? Well, the high pressure gas wants to flow from high pressure. To atmosphere. And where is atmosphere? It's right at your face. Mm. So what did you do? You said, well, I'm going to put a Gemtech bolt carrier group in my AR because I want to mitigate the blowback. Well, what does the Gemtech bolt carrier group do? Mm. Well, it doesn't really mitigate blowback. What it does is it vents gas. Mm. So because what they want to do, they want to keep it closed longer. So like, oh, we'll just vent the gas so we don't unlock too early. But at the same time, it's venting that gas right into your face. So, mm. so what we call that is a Band-Aid. Got it. Now, enter the LaRue silencer you just spoke about. Yep. The, the LaRue Tranquillo, um, an OSS HXQD762 or 556, uh, a Flow 556K, a SIG SLH. Um, name, a, name a high flow rate silencer on the market today. What are they doing? What's the design principle? The design principle is keep that flow rate up. Don't restrict gas as much. Don't have influenced the, the, the operation of your semi-automatic firearm as much. Why? Well, help weapon function is number one. But what's the really huge thing you talked about? Let's try not to get the black stuff in our lungs. Mm. Right? So some work better than others. You, you, you come and you say, well, what, what do I know about the LaRue the Tranquillo? Is it, uh, how does it affect signature reduction? Um, as you can imagine, if you have a higher flow rate and you're dumping more pressure to atmosphere out of the front of the silencer, would that be quieter than a regular silencer or louder? Well, Sometimes it'd be a lot louder. It just depends. And I, I just haven't tested the LaRue silencer, so I can't speak to that. Okay. Um, okay, but, but I've tested some other ones, and I can tell you that it's a spectrum. Some work better than others. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so you're, these higher flow 
suppressors that are designed to um, get the gas away from your face, are they, uh, you've tested it, some of them, some brands of them, and they're still as quiet or efficient or, or are they louder per se? Or um, It's a really great question. I've tested several of them and we, I've t- actually tested several um, so-called flow-through silencer designs on a, on a variety of weapon systems to understand the behavior in different combustion regimes. Mm. For example, we've tested them on um, 762 by 51 NATO. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's 308. That's a, that's a, that's a very common center fire cartridge with a lot of combustion energy. We've tested them on 556 NATO. Everyone knows 556 NATO, but we've also tested them on subsonic 300 blackout. Yeah. Okay. And what we found in our research so far is that for for certain flow through designs, they're relying significantly significantly on heat transfer mechanisms um, through really long flow paths. So, in layman's terms, what that means is they're gonna they want the gas to flow as fast forward as possible, but they want it to take the longest path possible so that the silencer can do the most work during that time. So they send the gas forward and back and forward and back and forward and back and then. And then out the front. Mm. So with regard to what combustion regimes would provide the most efficient performance for that type of silencer, it would be the 308 supersonic, the 556 supersonic. When you move to, to subsonic 300 blackout, the flow-through designs tend to suffer a little bit because you have a finite amount of time to do your work with the silencer. And the problem with subsonic 300 blackout is it's Basically, if you look at the physics of it, it's basically a pistol cartridge. And pistol cartridges um, that are subsonic have really low duration combustion at low pressure. So if you shove a 300 blackout subsonic combustion um, event through a flow-through silencer, it it kind of fizzles. Mm. It, it, it doesn't it, – I'm being very uh, – I, I, I flower subjective right now. I'm, I'm trying to like relate this to people, but it's like, it kind of like, it's, it kind of fizzles out. It, it's not, it's not highly efficient. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the, something to think about. Um, there are some that are better than others. Um, one overarching trait of flow through silencers that some folks might not be, might, may not be aware of is sometimes they'll be less damaging to your ear, but they'll sound boomy. So it'll sound like like take like for example one of the new hot shot ones like the the Huxworks Flow 556K mm-hmm. really popular silencer does great at the shooter's ear uh, for for inner ear damage risk on like a SBR like a Mark 18 right mm-hmm. and you can view that that on my website it's, it's really great to protect the shooter's ear but you'll notice when you shoot it it will sound boomy, like it'll sound like a gunshot, but it it's not jarring. Mm. Uh, I know that's a really strange subjective way to describe it, but if you look at the test data and you look at the inner ear analysis that I've done, you'll see that what it's doing is it's shifting your inner ear response down into the low frequency range. And that's that boominess that yeah. you hear. So there's not a one-size-fits-all mousetrap. When it comes to this stuff, but there are objective hearing damage metrics you can look at. And there are objective gas flow metrics you can look at to see like kind of what's coming back in your face. So it's kind of a new area of research. Yeah. Um, One of the things, and I'm going to get to some of the questions that are pouring in on the chat. 
but before I do, I want to ask you this, like, because I'm so curious about it. One of the things I have zero expense uh, experience with was one of the big splashes at SHOT Show this year. I don't know if you went to SHOT Show. Did you? uh, I was there for a couple days Uh doing stuff. I didn't have a lot of time to walk the floor. Well, I walked the floor, and one of the things that was so unbelievable to me was how many booths had these BFGs, you know, big, huge guns oh. with these <laughs> BFG, monst- that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, with these monster suppressors on them. You know, it was like, it, you know, it brings up, conjures up all kinds of memes and, uh, you know, jokes sure. from the 1980s about compensation sure. and stuff, but uh, <laughs> overcompensating. But these things, uh, the suppressors were huge on these 50, you know, or 338 Lapua or the new 300 norma mag and all that and so i just want you to think about that as as it pertains like what how do those really work when we come back from the break we got a quick break here okay and we'll be right back all right so we're here with jay from pew science on rapid fire a 28 talk show that you can call or text your question into at 508-444-2120 and we're going to get to your questions next so stay tuned we'll be right back this is rapid fire for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. We're here with Jay from the Pew Science, and we're having a fascinating conversation around suppressors. And, uh, you know, Jay has really been educating us on the science behind it all, and uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. So uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you can give us a call at 508-444-2120, or you can text in on the chat. Uh, You can type in on the chat or text us at 508-444-2120. 2120. So 508-444-2120. All right. So getting back to what I said before the break there, Jay, um, I see every booth at SHOT Show with a monster can on these giant guns and how are they really effective and does it change the point of impact? Does it change their, you know, their long range capabilities? I I just, I, I honestly don't know. And I'm more curious than anything as to what that what kind of impact that has on a gun that big that's shooting a monstrous round supersonic, um, you know, long range distance. 
That's that's a really good question. So you you're 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 speaking about um, large uh, Magnum rifle rounds mm. like like a fifty BMG or yeah, maybe three thirty eight Lupu Magnum smaller. Yeah, a little of both. I mean, some okay. of them were on the three thirty eight Norma Mag and the three hundred okay. Norma Mag and the three thirty eight Lapua, okay. the fifty BMG, and then like you get into the sure. really wildcat, like the three seventy five Shaytax and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So yeah, so I can go into that a little bit. So I, I and, and Pew Science has done some testing internally on some of the large Magnum cartridges. Um, oh, my dog is crying at me. <laughs> oh, no problem. We got one <laughs> I in our your dog earlier. We got one so, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so the thing about um, um, large uh, magnum magnum rifle cartridges, um, it, you know, they have a lot of energy um, and they have they lo- have a lot of combustion pressure and duration. There are um, some silencers that perform extremely well um, in those combustion regimes. Uh, they're highly advanced. Um, a lot of times, you'll see very large, um, very large uh, silencers fielded. Um, one of the things that you kind of have to think about with really large cartridges like 50 BMG is that when you're firing them unsuppressed, you're using a muzzle brake to really help with the recoil um, and things like that. Um, there are there are some things you can do um, that are advanced with a silencer to, to kind of maintain some of that recoil control. Um, I would say by and large, some of the most advanced silencers right now for very large cartridges are sensors that are scaled up from smaller designs. Mm-hmm. Um, there are sensors that react very well to high pressure. Uh, there are some silencers that, that perform efficiently with low pressure that don't perform efficiently with high pressure. Okay. So that's kind of what I can, I can talk about broad strokes with mm-hmm. regard to signature reduction there are some that are so advanced that it almost makes a 50 bmg sound like uh, a regular silencer on a 308 wow uh but that's that's not common okay now you asked a question about like um maybe accuracy or precision Mm -hmm. and and the influence of a silencer on that that those phenomena and um that's that's actually something that that some sensor manufacturers examine quite closely because um, you have a, a few things that influence the accuracy and precision of a host weapon when you add a silencer. The first is mass. Anytime you add mass to the end of a barrel, you're going to change the point of impact in your weapon system because you're changing the natural frequency of vibration of the barrel, mm. right? Yeah. When you shoot a gun, the barrel is it starts to oscillate like that. And wherever the end of that barrel is in the oscillation, where it, it, it when the bullet leaves, that's the bullet's start, and then mm-hmm. the bullet's in in free motion, right? Now, if you add a silencer and you change the frequency of vibration, uh, for the engineer nerds out there, the square root of the the, the k over m, right? Square root of stiffness over mass. If you change the mass, you're going to change your frequency. Now, all of a sudden, when the bullet leaves, the bullet, the, the barrel's in a different place. Uh oh, spaghettios. Now yeah. you're like, oh man, uh, I got to rezero my scope, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. And that's okay because if you have a really high quality silencer and you add it to your gun and you have to re-zero, that's cool. Right. Just leave the silencer on there. Yeah. That's fine as long as it's repeatable. Now you worry about, well, gosh, is my silencer high quality enough? Is my silencer designed correctly to let my precision be maintained? Meaning, is the dispersion of my groups going to change? If you have a silencer that you put on a rifle and all of a sudden you're getting flyers and your groups are opening up, 
you, you it could be your mount it could be your barrel threading is not concentric it could be your silencer sucks right yeah. there's all kinds of there are all kinds of reasons okay sure. so so yeah that's just like a window into that right oh that's fascinating and and uh we got a question here from the chat um it says, how do you deal with elevation, humidity, barometric mm. pressures? That all changes too, right? Uh, just by putting a can on the gun now, all of a sudden, that all can play a part, right? Well, I think that that that, that listener might be asking about how we deal with that when we test. Sure. H- how we make sure that we're kind of apples to apples is probably what they're asking. So there's a lot of ways um, that we, we kind of look at that. A lot of it is instrumentation calibration. A lot of it is understanding how the atmospherics affect wave propagation and understanding what matters and what doesn't. So in our, in our test procedures, we pay attention to that. Um, we, we, we do monitor atmospherics. Okay. And so it's something we control for. I hope that answered that question. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good to know. Obviously, if you're trying to get to a scientific, uh, you know, analysis of something, right. controls need to be consistent or, or at least, uh, you know, factored in. Um, right. But uh, ASD says silencers. Good thing they're allowed on cars, lawnmowers, etc. Otherwise, a lot of noise. And uh, someone followed up with not allowed, but mandatory. So those are yeah. mandatory on all these things. Europe has historically been a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, insistent upon shooting weapons suppressed for the uh, kindness of your fellow man <laughs> and not, you know, blowing each other's eardrums out on the range. But all of a sudden, in Mass- in uh, especially in Massachusetts, but in America, it has had this, like, nefarious context to it, like you're doing something wrong with a suppressor. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. It's certainly a... Uh, an attempt at preserving your hearing, which is something you don't get back. I mean, other than from miracle ear, um, what do you have to say about that? Like it's, it's a standard for most things in this world, but yet for one of the loudest things that we have at our disposal, all of a sudden it's this highly regulated industry where you got to pay the federal government a $200 tax. And you know, what's been your experience navigating through that whole minefield of, of suppressors and silencers and trying to normalize them as far as uh, society as a whole is concerned? Well, um, it's actually a pretty complicated question. And you touched on some important things like, you know, in the European market, uh, silencers for hunting are extremely common. Uh, In many countries, they're completely unregulated. Um, They use them um, to be polite, frankly. Um, It's better for the shooter. It's better for if you're, if you're hunting with dogs, it's better if you're shooting, and you have landowners adjacent to you if you're shooting on, you know, public land or private property. So, yeah, um, you know, it's a no-brainer, right? It's a safety device. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat things and pretend and pretend that guns aren't weapons, okay? That's one thing. I, I take a pretty hard line, and I, I don't believe in gun control at all, okay? Um, I'm pretty hard line, Second Amendment. And so I believe that guns are, are weapons and that, that they're in, in, intended to kill. That's what a gun's for. And, the, and, I, and I also believe the sponsors um, enhance that capability. Mm. Um, and, and, and so I don't sugarcoat them, pretend that they're just safety devices because I don't believe that to be true. I believe they're weapons to increase your lethality. And they're, they're, they're weapons that they assist you with masking your signature and your fire position, to bo- both hiding signature and flash so you can be more lethal, whether that means you're a citizen um, on defense or offense, or if you're a member of military or law, enfor- law enforcement on defense or offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I make no bones about that, but I will say navigating, navigating um, the misconceptions 
about suppressed small arms and weapons in general is something I, I try to help by normalizing the understanding, making sure people understand these are inanimate objects. They are not, they're not going to hurt you. Um, you, you, you can only, you can only use them just like you can use a hammer. They are tools. Um, you know, I think the more people understand that silencers are just part of a weapon system, the more we can get out of the stigma. Um, you know, whether it be a, a, a quote unquote high capacity magazine, which is a, a strange misnomer because it's just a magazine. There is no such thing as high capacity. Right. You know, whether it be a 30 round mag or a silencer or a machine gun or a grenade launcher, it really doesn't matter. These are all just these are all just tools. Um, and that's my that's my view on that. Yeah. And um, I think you're right on the money on that. Uh, there's uh Another question regarding the, I don't know if you have any experience with the uh, uh, the Glock disposable suppressors that are used in other hmm. countries. Have you seen those? Uh, they look like something from a Lego set. I've, I've seen a buddy of mine use, using one in Africa, but basically, you know, they're, they're good for about 10 or 20 shots and then they're pretty huh. much done. It's a plastic, you know, and I don't, oh. you know, I don't know if you have any experience on this side of the pond or area with a, Hmm. say a 3d printed or something like that. I'm trying to think, I, I think I've heard of them. I haven't tested them. I haven't handled them. I would assume if it's disposable, is it, is it like a wiped silencer with a bunch of wipes in it that, that kind of the bullet has to perforate prior to exit or something or, or is it like, it is literally made by Glock. It looks like a black Tupperware, Thing, okay. And it's square, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. And um, but you know, uh, my buddy was using one in, like I said, South Africa, I think. And okay. you know, they were, I think they're less than a hundred bucks. Cool. And uh, they're a single use. I mean, that would certainly raise That's some great, eyebrows. Right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you screw them on, and they're yeah. good for ten, twenty, thirty shots, and and then right. they get loud, you know, and and then it's. Uh, so I think it's because of the plastic configuration of it that it's disposable. But um, that would make sense. Yeah, and same thing. Uh, you know, there's some people out 3D printing technology these days. With um, absolutely, uh, you know, and certainly if you're manufacturing your own, uh, you you have to follow the legal attributes of that. But um, I think with a form one, you can manufacture your own suppressors. Am I right? Uh, you can. Um, so yeah, for 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 you know your your normal everyday person um, at home, they can file a form one. If you're a manufacturer, you file a form two. Right. Um, you know uh, you can certainly make your own silencers. Uh, it, you you kind of first you have to get that approved form one back from the ATF. That's your get that's your get out of jail free card, right? Right. right. You get that approved form one back, and you can you can go to town if you're if you have some uh, machining talent. Right. You you can you can utilize that talent to. To make your own silencer. Uh, kind of a sidebar to the whole conversation. I'm not sure this is something you may or may not want to even weigh in on. But I remember uh, a guy, a very smart entrepreneur, who made a uh, thread adapter, if you will, um, mm-hmm. f- from the half by 28 to the like Fram 13.7. Oh, yes. And he serialized it and you paid yeah. the $200 tax stamp. For a nine dollar and ninety five cent, you know, adapter that you could screw the Fram Auto filter on there once you get your tax stamp back, Uh, and uh, 
you know, they're like the poor man's suppressor for the tax stamp plus 10 bucks and some shipping, you'd have a, a can that you could kind of reuse over time or, or just, you know, throw away. It's kind of that same concept of the disposable can. Have you messed around with any of that stuff? Or um, I, ha- I, I haven't personally um, c- serialized and, and, done, and, and, and manufactured a, uh, a device like that. Um, there are some kind of important ATF regulations that one should examine prior to do, doing something like that. Uh, you know, over the years, the, the ATF has changed their um, interpretations rather, erra- you know, a little bit in, erratically with regard to um, silencer parts and what they consider a part, what they consider the serialized part, what they consider something that can or can't be added or subtracted from the system and, and how it can be possessed. So I would, I would really caution you know, this is my this is my uh, public answer here. <laughs> I would really caution the, the the listener to to do their due diligence, and and if they do have questions about it and they're uncertain, uncertain, I would I would urge them to 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 to, to consult with counsel, sure. familiar with, with with ATF regulations. Yeah, and again, it's been a while since I've even seen those marketed. So maybe the ATF struck it down a while ago. Like they like to change rules about certain stuff, but they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, someone is actually saying, did someone say revolver? I know that's the big joke in the industry is like, uh, uh, but I I actually seem to think I saw somebody marketing a revolver suppressed. And I don't know if it oh, was. But, but it can be. Can it be? The, the, yeah. The old, what is it? The Nagant? Yeah. The Nagant well, revolver. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, the cylinder will press against the, in the front and it, and it seals, seals from gas leak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the one you can suppress. But like, yeah, you take a normal Smith and Wesson, they're going to have a bad time. Yeah, it's not going to work very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I thought there was somebody like this past shot show that actually kind of broke oh. the code. And oh, like, oh, 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 dude! Yes, uh, it's called um, cylinder. It's like this clamshell thing. Yeah, and it and it, and it, it, it just encases the entire cylinder yes. housing. Yes, yes, I saw that, dude. Right, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it really was interesting and. Uh, you know, I used to be a part of, um, I was one of the, uh, I was on the Smith and Wesson advisory council, the retail advisory council. And I remember, oh, cool. yeah. And I sat in a meeting once and, uh, just kind of a round table, people throwing out ideas. And one guy goes, someone needs to come out with a suppressed revolver. And I thought it was a joke. We all kind of laughed. And, <laughs> and then we realized he was serious and we're like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. Why don't they do it? And I go, well, you can't. And then we all kind of laughed and had a chuckle over that. And then all of a sudden someone comes out with it. And I knew about the Nagant, but, um, you know, yeah. in practical purposes about somebody coming out with it for that reason. But then here it is, you know, maybe there's a market for it. I don't know, but it, no, it's cool. Revolvers are cool, man. If, yeah. if it was easier to, to suppress them, I mean, um, you know, it's really, it's always cool to suppress something that is like a bolt gun or a single shot because you don't have a secondary pressure pulse mm. emanating from the system. Like if you have like a, a single shot pistol, it's super rad. It's yeah. super fun to, to put a silencer on it. Yeah. And so. they, uh, they used to make the, the hush puppies too, right? Like that's the, right. The, uh, the Beretta 92s or with the slide lock, with yeah. the slide lock so that it wouldn't reciprocate and it would be like a one shot wonder. Um, <laughs> but, I love those, man. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and I, I actually, the rudimentary testing I've done has been all over the map from different guns and platforms mm-hmm. and whatever. But one time was really cool. We had a good day at the range, uh, 
shooting my 300 blackout that I built and then, cool. you know, I suppressed it and all that. And then my buddy had one of those, uh, Remington 700, um, mm. what were they, the micro or something like that? I forget. Or the, the Remington seven model seven with the uh. th- 300 blackout barrel and a, and a threaded muzzle. And so we screwed the can, uh, the muzzle brake on and then screwed the can on and tried it. And boy, was that a huge difference just going from semi-auto to bolt action. It was, oh, it was, yeah, it dude. was just incredible, the difference. And I was like, that's about as close to Hollywood quiet as it comes, you know, for. Yeah, my- there are, you know, what would be really cool if your listeners want to, to know what's super quiet it. Um, if you go to my website on peacehines.com and you go to the section seven of the standard, which is rankings, um, you can filter by ammo. If you filter by subsonic 300 blackout, mm. right? And you can filter like the quietest of the muzzle and ear, you'll see a couple silencers on there that the suppression rating gets in like into the high 60s and wow. 70s. When you're when you get that quiet with a center fire cartridge, you're you're in what I like to call quiet town USA, man. Population you. It is <laughs> it is super fun. It is and, and you know what? I consider it to be actually some some of the most dangerous firearm operations you can have because a, a, a new shooter that's that's not experienced might m- underestimate the power of what they're doing. It's that quiet. If you have a 300 blackout bolt gun with a, a super super quiet silencer with subsonic ammo. It is so quiet that you may you may not understand the the, the energy that you're directing. So I think it's really important. You know, if they're kids and they're they, or they're brand new to weapons, have have someone instruct them. Mm, yeah, you know, D- don't just leave them because because it's like it's not a BB gun, right? But it's it might sound like one. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. And uh, you know, sometimes it might be. Uh, smart to even show them the difference like this is with the can this is without the can you know whoa that's loud you know and then they can at least see the see the difference of it you know what i mean Um, right we have one question here uh that says uh do you test indoors or outside oh that's a really that's an excellent question um so we test in accordance a strict adherence to the mill standard. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we test outdoors. Okay. Okay. We are extremely far away from any reflecting surface other than the ground. When you view the, the holistic combustion waveforms acquired from the pressure sensors on the website in every review, if when you look at the time scales, we publish the entire waveform so you can be assured there are no reflecting surveys. And that, and that's how you can know. You, you don't even have to take my word for it. If you look at the, the waveforms, you can see that you can actually, in the AR-15 tests and the Mark 18 tests, the, you can see the blip in time when the bolt carrier returns to battery. Wow, that's cool. That's how long we're recording and past that. Yeah. Okay? So, yeah, we would never test inside um, without telling you because the, the waveforms would be useless. Because, as you know, if you shoot a, a firearm inside, it's going to be way louder, right? Right, right. Right. Yeah, because of all the reverberation of the... That's right, yeah. and that's why you, you have to look at the whole signature. If you look at only the peak, if you only look at one peak number, it's not going to give you the whole signature. Yeah. You know, it's fun to shoot those guns that... Uh, I've certainly done it with twenty two, where literally the action of the gun is louder than the 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 report of the gun going off. You know, the, it, it's... And it might be uh, not necessarily true, but it certainly seems that way. It that, se- certainly yeah, does, doesn't it? Yeah, and that the... That the you're you it's like 
but the whole of the gun, you know, ejecting and reloading the cartridge sounds louder than the actual uh, report. Absolutely, of- and and that's you, you bring up a, a good point when you. When you have a mechanical action from a semi-auto, that's why it's important to measure the whole signature because the the con every little constituent amount of noise contributes to the overall inner ear damage risk of the shooter. Mm-hmm. So when you shoot an AR-15, it's the it's the it's the primer going off. It's the initial combustion in the weapon. It's the projectile leaving. It's that sonic crack. It's the muzzle blast. It's the it's the bolt unlock. It's the bolt and the buffer. It's the it's the buffer hitting the receiver extension. It's coming back to battery. All of those things form the holistic signature, and they mm. all add up. Yeah, that's true. Okay? I mean, yeah. I don't know how many muzzleloader guys are in the audience, but sometimes when the old muzzleloader designs, you'd put an empty cap on and fire it before priming your gun and loading your gun. And just that empty cap, it was like, ah, that hurts my yeah. ear, man. That is loud. So, yeah, that's just one component. You're right. That's a very interesting take on that. And uh, uh, one of the other questions is uh, you brought up suppressors and dogs. Are there any yeah. cans that are made for use with dogs or around dogs specifically? Like they kind of market to maybe, you know, um, operators who work with dogs? There are not silencers specifically, but, you know, someone messaged me today or emailed me today regarding some special hearing protection you can use for dogs. Mm. Um, I'm actually in the market for that. I'm interested in it. Um, I would advise uh, hunters that use um, center, that use uh, firearms around their, their animals um, to be mindful of the distance between you and the animal when you're firing the gun uh, to be, if you do use a silencer, that is going to significantly help your animal and the safety of that animal. Um, keep in mind uh, the overpressure history near reflecting surfaces is often complex and intense. Near, near the ground, uh, the dog can be subjected to to some reflections that are not good. Um, so, like you know, if you're shooting a, like a if you're if you're hunting deer, you probably don't have a dog with you, right? right that would be right. not smart because your white tail is going to spook. If you're hunting ducks, you know, like a bird hunter, bird hunters, you know, a lot of times you're using shotguns. There's not a lot of great shotgun solu- uh, silencer solutions. So, I I think that a dog hearing protection would be um, probably prudent, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one other question here is: uh, someone says I've heard uh, that. I don't have any experience, but I heard that silencers work very well with 45 ACP. Is that true? Oh. And I, my, my initial reaction to that would be most 45 is subsonic just right out of the box. So that probably helps the situation, correct? There, there are, there's two parts to the answer. First of all, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the first part of that answer is yes, you're correct that the standard 230 grain bullet weight uh, remains subsonic, um, which, uh, does, uh, mean that you don't have a mock wave propagation due to, uh, breaking the sound barrier in air at sea level, which is great. That's one part of the signature. However, the Achilles heel, of suppressing 45 ACP is the fact that the diameter of the, of the car, the, of the bullet is so big, mm. you got a big old hole in that, <laughs> in that silencer. So your main axial bore line is so big and your pressure is low from the cartridge combustion, just to the nature of 45 ACP combustion, that trapping that gas enough to, to suppress muzzle blast typically requires a silencer that's relatively long. Mm. 
Okay, so so with 45 ACP, the name of the game for the quietest system is going to be long barrel, long or or long silencer, or both. Mm. Typically, I'm speaking very generally. Sure, sure, interesting. Um, the MC says uh, I have a video of two of my 22 LRs running a 308 OSS Helix action, mm. and uh, the action sound is all you hear at the gun. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting because that's one of those situations where you have a smaller bore diameter with a larger hole in the in the suppressor, but it must be a uh, interesting design. Well, I don't know. Um, it's it's th- in that particular case that gentleman's using twenty two rimfire, and mm-hmm. the the combustion duration is so short and the pressure so low that that it doesn't it doesn't take much. Actually, one of the easiest cartridges to suppress is 22 long rifle and if it and if there's any listeners that don't have a silencer and they're looking you know what they're not going to get a lot of them but they just want one silencer and they want to have fun i would always recommend a 22 silencer as your first one because you're going to have the most fun yeah and you're going to probably get to shoot it the most yeah i would agree with that and i think it's definitely one of the more pleasing ones to yeah. shoot cheapest to get in into the game absolutely uh, Smeggy says, do you have a tax stamp or do you need a tax stamp to receive suppressors for testing if you're not keeping them? So I, I just assume you're probably a SOT type. Right. Or? That's an excellent question. Yeah. So Pew Science is an 0702. Yeah. Um, we, we accept, um, so what that means is we're, we're a licensed, um, we're a licensed manufacturer. Uh, we don't manufacture silencers, but we do manufacture host weapons like uh, uh, machine guns, short barrel rifles, things like that for sure. testing purposes. So we can, we receive silencers on the books via form three mm-hmm. tax free uh, for diagnostic services and, and R and D purposes. So that's, yeah. that's how we do that. And that's how like the gun stores receive them too. When they order Correct. them from distributors or, or from manufacturers, they get them. If they're an SOT dealer, they get them as a tax free transfer to the gun shop on that form three, which is, Dealer to dealer or manufacturer to dealer or anyone with an SOT, really. It's an SOT to SOT. And uh, so that's one way to keep costs down is the fact that SOT stands for standard operating tax and uh, or operational tax, whatever. So, special, oper- special, uh, special, special operation taxpayer. Yeah, that's, right, that's like that. it. Occupation that's taxpayer. It. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, what that means is you pay one tax every year. For all of the NFA items you're going to work with and then end up uh, selling them on a tax paid transfer to the end user. But um, so, uh, you know, it depends on your volume. You might pay 500 a year. You might pay a thousand bucks a year, depending on how much volume. And you, you, and you may not even sell like we don't like Pew Science doesn't sell silencers. Yeah, we, we don't sell anything. Um, except except engineering consulting services. Yeah. Right. So, so we're not we're not a dealer. You know, we don't interface with the public like that. That's not. Mm. That's not what we do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great the work that you are doing. That's that's pretty cool because I've been there many times with everybody who's ever owned a suppressor has their like favorite. Like, oh, you got to get yeah. a Hunter Town. Oh, you got to get a Surefire. Oh, you got to get a this. And I'm like, why is there nobody out there that just has a little chart I can flip to and say, I want the quietest thing made for the money. Like, you know, and here it sure. is. Like, so you have that on your website, it sounds like that, you know, kind of ranks them and it takes more than just quietest can for the money. It's obviously a, the big Mr. Wizard formula that you described already, right? Well, it's, it's, um, so the, the rankings table has the suppression rating in it. So it principally it's hearing damage, risk, 
potential. So that's what we're focusing on now. Um, we're adding more tests all the time. I think uh, this past Sunday, I published the 100 and 105th article. Wow. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> There's 105 articles on there. So, wow. um, you know, we don't have it, you know, not every science has been tested yet. Of course, not every platform has been tested yet, but we're adding more all the time. And the, the efforts run with grassroots support. Um, it's run with R and D, um, contracts from manufacturers, uh, trying to do as much as we can to get the, as much information out there. And the, and the, the primary goal is education. So mm. very um, cool. little by little quick, Let's see if we can do a rapid fire round here. We're running out of time. This has been a fascinating conversation, but okay. uh, one is, I think, rhetorical and kind of meant to be amusing. But if you accidentally put a suppressor on backwards, does it make the gun louder? <laughs> uh, it, it'll work once. <laughs> so it, it'll work once, and then you're going to have a, a lot to clean up, probably, right? Uh, uh, if, you're, if, if you still have eyes or hands, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But no. fortunately, they don't, they don't uh, thread both ends. correctly. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, someone was asking if you had any experience with the um, – uh, what the heck was it? Let me find the question so I don't butcher it. But um, it was the – somebody made a uh, – a, sound enhancer if you will and oh the loudener yeah the loudener yeah no do i don't I, I don't have any experience with that <laughs> no desire to either <laughs> no it's going the opposite of what you're trying to do right yeah. um and so uh if let's see uh one question is a great question by Anne marie she says what is the first who was the first to create a suppressor and a little bit of stump the chunk uh, here in p maxim all right there you go um, I have I heard have a delivery at the door. Oh my God. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> oh man. He's got the UPS guy there. So let's, uh, take up a little airtime here, but, um, let's see, uh, 45s are quiet, less cracked noise. All right, man. Uh, all right, cool. Thanks. No problem. Uh, is there a reason Jay uses the term silencer instead of suppressor? Absolutely. It's because that is the definition of the inventor of the silencer when it, it was invented, um, the first patent, and that is the definition that the ATF or the, the word the ATF uses. Got it. Yeah. It's kind of like the acceptable, accepted term as far as like a car muffler, right? It's like. No, well, well, to be clear, you can use the term suppressor if you want yeah. because silencers suppress sound. Right. Sure. Uh, MC says, I had a 13 month wait for the can to clear. Wow. Now. Yeah. Eight months of waiting, hoping the 22 LR can is cleared for the uh, NFA. So, uh, hope I thought the E NFA was supposed to. Uh, oh, the E forms. Yeah, yeah, the yeah e -forms you would think, gonna, right? You would think that a electronic system would make the government efficient. You would think. Yeah. And a uh, quick question is: How long do silencers last typically? Um, uh, most uh, silencers should be considered consumable items. Mm -hmm. um, however, um, with proper care. And, um, you know, depending on a firing schedule and model, they can last your whole life. Mm, very cool. It just depends. So with the last minute here, I want you to take a minute and tell everyone where they can find your work, the website, how they can follow you, sign up for your podcast, et cetera. So ready, set, go. Yeah, sure. Um, 
pewscience.com. That's P-E-W-science.com. It has the Silencer Sound standard. Uh, there's articles published regularly. There's a newsletter sign up on that page. There is a podcast at pewscience.com slash podcast called The J Situation. That's on all providers. It's me. I do a podcast every week. Um, I, I explain the technical performance of the silencers um, as shown in the reviews. I explain it on the podcast in layman's terms. If you have a, you know any issue understanding the technical writing on the website, um, th- again, that's on all podcast, podcast providers. The Silencer Sound Standard uh, presents the most in-depth and accurate um, hearing damage risk information for silencers in the entire world. It's awesome. being used from everywhere, from consumers here to tier one operators worldwide and growing every day. Great job, man. I appreciate the hard work you do to bring us this information, and thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, this show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call the text line, the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight, support your local community, and be an advocate for responsible gun ownership. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. God bless. I'm Toby Leary. We'll see you next time.